It's a brand new episode of Coffeed Up. Haha, ha, April Fool's, just kidding. But this is an emergency review of April Fool's Day marketing. And I can just tell you right now, this is going to be a very negative episode because my head is exploding at the stupid amount of silly content I've seen on the web today. And I can't really figure out, if you are a brand manager, why in the world do you think that in 2019, it's still a good idea to put out an April Fool's joke for your company? Um, You probably have seen this in the form of an email in your inbox today, whether it's from a major brand or a direct-to-consumer startup. really doesn't matter how big uh, you are as a company. If you are making the decision to put out an April Fool's email, or even worse, an April Fool's push notification. Yes, folks, I have gotten an April Fool's push notification uh, from from a company. Uh, I don't even remember. It made me so mad. I don't even remember what the company was trying to sell me to open the app on. Oh, I remember what it was. I won't call them out. Anyway, uh, it's been really bad. And as we talk about the state of marketing in 2019, I just can't but help to think we're in a really stale place in the world. If you walk into, okay, let's say, let's put ourselves in in a startup shoe that's building out this rich pipeline of email content uh, marketing to their audience. And maybe we're sitting at around March 1st in the office. We got our teas in hand, you know, our matcha teas. And... We're sitting around, and there's a director of content at the table, and the director goes, hey, what do we got planned for our April Fool's uh, newsletter? Okay, stop right there. Why did that even come up in the meeting? Why did you think you needed an April Fool's email in the first place? Back in like 2008, 2009, there were a couple companies that, that did this, and it was kind of funny. Like, I remember... Warby Parker one time did an April Fool's joke. Uh, it was like Warby Parker for dogs or something like that. I don't know. Everyone loves dogs. So it worked at the time. But man, I think we're just in a society where we've got bombarded with copycat culture, which is so prevalent uh, within startups. You know, you see a startup do a April Fool's joke email. Oh, we must do that too. Why? Why, director of content? So anyway, we're sitting at this March 1st meeting. Okay, we're going to do a group brainstorm. Let's let's figure out, let's make up a make uh, make made-up company. <sighs> okay, it's a, we're selling tea. It's a direct-to-consumer tea product. Okay, so what are some fun April Fool's jokes we can do? Uh, let's sell tea shirts. Brilliant. Get that in there. Let's get it in to, to our audiences. All right, cool. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to create a great new email that's going to be out there. It's going to be setting up to a fake blog post that basically tries to sell you a t-shirt. Oh, wait, but we're a tea startup. Doesn't matter. This is something that our audience will think is hilarious, and it'll definitely lead to more sales. So let's do it. Flash, fast, fast forward. Oh, I'm so mad I can't even get words out of my mouth. Fast forward to April 1st, 2019. You put out this email. Oh, This fresh new tea startup is selling t-shirts now? Cool. Let me click and find out. Redirect to blog post. Ha ha. Got you. April Fool's. Guess what? Tea company, you just lost a customer.
So I really wonder how many of these emails are effective. And we call this in startup world churn. You know, how many customers are being lost because of these stupid emails that are being sent out that are the creation of this mindset that you have to do this. Like, who has to do this? Um, I would love to hear from the teed up audience if you've seen a April Fool's joke email or promotion that you thought was actually funny. Please send it my way because I could use a good laugh today because I, I'm not seeing any, quite frankly speaking. And uh, I just have to question the motives of a lot of these companies. So, so yeah, it, it's just one of those things where I feel like we're, we're losing touch of what to say about our brands, of how to communicate this to our customers, and we're not doing things that make any sense. We're just living in a copycat world. And it just boggles my mind that these emails and these tweets and these social media campaigns are still ongoing. It's gotten to the point where there's some really cool partnerships coming out or really cool announcements, and I don't even know if they're fake or real. So Burger King today comes out with an announcement that they're having the first meatless Whopper, and it's it's brought to you by Impossible, which I, I think is a great collaboration. It's genius. It's, it's something that should be talked about. It's a great accomplishment for both companies. And I'm not even sure if it's a real thing because it came out on April Fool's. Now, why they decided to make that announcement on April Fool's is beyond me as well. But kudos to, to Burger King. Kudos to Impossible. I'll eat this thing. Uh, I'm excited about it. But, but why do you have to release on April Fool's? That's a nice segue into the second part of this conversation, which is an emergency review of the Al-Shaval Burger. Uh, this is something I've been thinking about since I last consumed it on Tuesday. And for those of you not in the burger know, uh, Al-Shaval opened up uh, in New York City in Tribeca a couple weeks ago to the fanfare of everyone. It was, the, it was this thing where people were waiting in line. And so I was super hyped up. Uh, I'm a huge burger connoisseur. I'm a huge burger dinosaur. No, I just like rhyming things with connoisseur. But um, I was really pumped about this. And so I go in and I'm expecting the best burger experience of my life. And so the first mistake I made was ordering a double cheeseburger, which for some reason, the fine people over there consider to be really uh, another funny name for three patties. Uh, so the, the single there is a double cheeseburger. The double is actually a triple cheeseburger. And that's where things really started to go wrong from the beginning. Um, I ordered this burger. Yeah, give me as much meat as possible. I'm, 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 I'm a meat connoisseur. I want to eat this thing. And the whole thing ends up coming to my plate. Smells delicious. But then I realized there is a component to burger reviews and ranking that really goes uh, without notice. And it's not talked about. And it's the integrity of the bun and the structural uh, integrity of the burger on the whole. So if you grab a burger... And you take a couple bites and the whole thing falls apart in your hand. That is not a burger. That's a disaster. And frankly, that's what I feel about the Al-Shabal burger. Um, I couldn't even enjoy the delicious slabs of bacon, the delicious egg on top of some you know, really good burger patties uh, because the bun just didn't keep it together. And by the end of the meal, not only am I so... Uh, exhausted from eating so much meat, but 
just from trying to figure out how to eat this burger. And so with that, I'm giving the widely heralded, most talked about burger on Twitter, social media, at least in the New York City burger scene, which is great Twitter. It's my favorite Twitter. Uh, I'm giving it 3.5 burgers out of five burgers. Now, how do we connect these two random rants and thoughts uh, between April Fool's Day marketing and burger reviews? And I think it's very simple. We're living in this age where information is spreading so quickly that we don't take the time to process things. We just throw it out there. So a lot of people were throwing out, you know, that, that you had to go eat this burger on social media and they weren't really trying it for themselves. And it kind of made me think that I will automatically make this my number one burger, even by looking at it on social media. And I finally went to try it and I was really disappointed. And so the same way that that brand manager wasn't really thinking too much about the emails that they're putting out, I think a lot of us are spreading uh, reviews on burgers that we actually haven't really eaten. That's my theory with this burger. Uh, I saw a couple who will post photos of it. I'm not sure if they were actually there. Uh, so I think there's just a lot of fake burger news going on out there. Um, and that's just sad. So I do want to end this pod, this emergency review on a positive note, and I want to give you the insider access to my top three burgers in NYC at the moment. And the first one is going to be the Brindle Room Burger. And for those of you who don't know the Brindle Room, uh, it's over in East Village. It's a simple burger. It doesn't fall apart in your hand. It tastes great all the time. It's a fun little, little indie place. Uh, you can take a date there. You can go there with a couple of, of buddies. Uh, so that's the first burger. I can't really go into detail on why it's so good. You just have to try it for yourself. The second burger I'd say right now that's high on my rankings um, would have to be the Happiest Hour Burger. Uh, the Happiest Hour itself, eh, not the happiest place in the world for me. I'm not a big drinker. But uh, but their burger is, is amazing. And it's, it's in the West Village. Definitely check that one out. The third one's tough. The third one, to me, uh, I had to think about it a little bit. This might also be my favorite burger, but going back to this idea of how crucial of a role the bun plays, um, I'm not sure if I can consider this to be a, a, a burger that can stand in this category or maybe needs to stand its own, but it's the, the Emmy burger uh, from Emily. Uh it's a pretzel brioche bun, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, this thing is delicious, and it's worth all $26, I think it is. It's worth every penny. Every time I eat it, I absolutely love it. It was just featured on an episode of Billions, um, so you know it has to be good because anything on that show is good. Um, so, yeah. So, those are the three burgers I would go after right now. I think you can skip all Cheval. I hope I'm saying that right, by the way. I don't know. I'm uncultured. What can I say? Um, so yeah, that's all for today, to be honest. I, I really had to get the April Fool's thing off my chest because it's, it's, I've had a couple tweets about it today. People seem to, to respond kindly to that. I got a couple of favorites and one or two retweets there. So I think this is something that's bothering everyone. And hey, I'm trying to bring, bring the masses what they want to hear, um, as we experiment and go forward with, with teed up. It's not coffee up. It's teed up. Um, so that's it for today. Uh, I have some cool episodes coming up. Uh, I'm going to WrestleMania this weekend for the first time ever. So I, I've been wanting to do an episode on 
WWE, formerly known as WWF, um, for quite some time. Uh, as a marketer, I've been a huge fan of WWE. It's kind of something I keep in the closet a little bit because I just don't know what that's going to do to my entire reputation. But I'm coming out of the WWE closet. Um, I'm a big fan. I'll have a lot to say about WrestleMania. I really can't wait to get into it. It's it's how I'm extending the celebration of my 33rd birthday, which was uh, a week or two ago. So expect an awesome podcast for that. Who knows? Maybe I'll get The Rock to come on. You know. So hey, The Rock, if you're listening, I can smell what you're cooking. Bring that to tea up because we can have a great conversation over tea. Anyway, I hope you all have a great rest of the April Fool's Day marketing extravaganza. Uh, if you need some meditation, I can give you some uh, some apps to to relax to after having to go through all of the emails in your inbox today that are really just stupid. This has been Teed Up. Thank you and come again.